Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Today's episode is sponsored by Beam. Are you ready to spend 2022 getting the relaxation and sleep you so deserve? This year, prioritize you first with Beam's premium CBD products for sleep. I've had problems sleeping for most of my life, and the slightest thing can completely throw off my sleep pattern. This was usually a great source of stress for me, but now that I've added Beam to my nightly routine, I never have to worry about falling asleep. Beam is the world's most innovative functional wellness brand, and their Dream Powder will give you the best sleep of your entire life. Just mix Dream Powder into hot water or milk, stir, and enjoy a nice cup of hot cocoa before bedtime. Here's why it works. Our bodies have an endocannabinoid system, or a highway of communication between the brain and the body, specifically designed to work with cannabinoids which is why CBD has taken over the wellness world recently. And Beam's Nano CBD dramatically increases your body's ability to absorb CBD, making their products the most effective in the wellness space. It contains natural sleep-promoting ingredients, triple lab-tested, no THC, and you wake up feeling refreshed. I've been using Beam's Dream Powder almost every single night for months now, and I don't think I can ever go back. Sleep comes easy, the drink is delicious, and I wake up well-rested and ready to take on the day. Find out why Forbes and the New York Times are talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes like Danica Patrick and Baker Mayfield. For a limited time, get 40% off the first three months of membership or 20% off a one-time purchase when you go to beamorganics.com mcom. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash M-C-O-M for up to 40% off. Make 2022 the year of you with Beam. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder... 
some mysteries will remain in the forefronts of the minds of many. Mysteries that may or may not ever see a resolution. On April 18, 1943, a body was found in a peculiar place and thus launched one of Britain's greatest mysteries that, to this day, plagues the minds of many. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On April 18, 1943, in Worcestershire, England, while bird nesting in Hagley Wood, a plot of land belonging to a Lord Cobham, friends Robert Hart, Thomas Willits, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne came across a large witch elm and, feeling as though it might be the perfect hiding spot for birds, sent Bob climbing up into the tree to investigate. However, instead of a nest being buried in the hollow of the elm, the young boy found what he realized was a human skull. Because they were on the Lord's estate illegally, they each ran off to their respective homes with plans to keep their mouths shut about their discovery. Thomas Willits, the youngest of the friends, felt uneasy about the agreement and, not long after coming home, reported their findings to his parents. When police arrived at the elm, they realized that the boys had left before a full discovery could be made. You see, not only was there a human skull shoved deep into the tree, but beneath the head, which still contained tufts of hair and almost a full set of teeth, was an almost complete skeleton, a shoe, a gold wedding ring, and some scraps of clothing. A few feet away from the tree were the remains of the hand that was missing from the skeleton, and inside of the mouth was a clump of taffeta that, from what police could figure, caused the victim to suffocate to death. After collecting what they could from the scene, investigators sent off the body to a medical examiner, Professor James Webster, who concluded that the skeleton likely belonged to a woman of about 35 years old, one who had irregular teeth in her upper jaw, and had to be about five feet tall. She had light brown hair and, according to the state of her pelvic area, had given birth at least once in her lifetime. She had been dead for about 18 months before the boys stumbled upon her remains and had been placed inside of the tree while, quote, still warm. Unfortunately, the woman's discovery came at a time, the Second World War, where countless were reported missing almost daily, meaning there were so many reports and records spread out amongst the area that it would be impossible to cross-check every single report. They did what they could and sent word out to the local dentist to see if anyone could match her very distinctive dentistry. None of the leads panned out, Neither did the inquiry at the company where her shoes were manufactured, and none of the reports that police logged through seemed to match the details of their unidentified skeleton. The case grew colder by the week, not for lack of trying, and with the numerous tragedies of the war splashing across every single newsstand, the, quote, tree murder riddle seemed to disappear from everyone's consciousness. That was until six months after the discovery when a series of strange pieces of graffiti started to appear that not only brought the case back into the public's attention, but cemented it in history as one of the biggest true crime mysteries. On the wall in Upper Dean Street, Birmingham, someone had written out the words in chalk, Who Put Bella Down the Witch Elm? Potentially giving their unknown skeleton a name after months of searching. As the months passed, more messages, seemingly written in the same handwriting, were spread all across the area, all containing the same question and giving the police the idea that the writer, whoever they may be, might either know who killed this young woman or may be the killer themselves. 
Unfortunately, the search for the graffiti artist went about as successfully as the search for Bella's identity. And decades later, with graffiti popping up sporadically all along the way, it remains one of Britain's biggest mysteries. Which, of course, means there's no shortage of intriguing theories. The first theory came from a Radio 4 program that was first broadcast in August of 2014, where Steve Punt claimed that there was a woman, a Birmingham sex worker, who reported to police in 1944 that a fellow female called Bella had disappeared three years before the call. A girl who was known to work frequently on Hagley Road. Then there was a letter received by the Wolverhampton Express and the Star 12 years after Bella's discovery and written by a woman who identified herself as Anna of Claverley that claimed to have information on Bella's identity. While being interviewed, Anna claimed that Bella was a member of a spy ring seeking information on local munitions factories that could potentially be a target for the German armed forces. During World War II, several German spies were captured by the UK, so the idea of war espionage and a spy ring didn't seem really as far-fetched as it may look with more modern eyes. With this in mind, they started digging into Anna's life and found that she was actually a woman named Una Mossop, ex-wife to RIF pilot Jack Mossop, who, according to Una, witnessed Bella's death. She said that Jack told her he had been heavily involved in the ring, and on one evening, a, quote, Dutchman called Van Ralt was accompanied by a woman Jack claimed was Bella. He said that Van Ralt, shortly after picking up Jack, strangled the girl to death because of her alleged spy associations. Another version of this story claims that Jack and Van Ralt had been out drinking with Bella that evening, and she got so drunk that she passed out. The men then seized the opportunity to teach her a lesson and shoved her in the witch helm, unaware that, when she woke, she would be unable to pull herself out. This theory, however, does not explain the taffeta found stuffed in her mouth. The version of Una's story that got published in the paper has become obscured over the years, but it was found that Jack Mossop, after a month in a mental hospital, died at St. George's Hospital prior to Bella's discovery. He had apparently been plagued by nightmares of her skull being lost inside of the tree that, ultimately, led to a full mental breakdown. Van Ralt has never been found, and most investigators wrote off Una's testimony as nothing more than 12-year-old hearsay from an estranged wife. Along the same vein, some believe that Bella's true identity is that of Clarabelle Dronkers. A theory that surfaced in 1953 claims that Clarabelle was killed by a German spy ring consisting of a British officer, a Dutchman, and a music hall artist, because she, quote, knew too much. However, there is very little in the records or evidence that can support this claim. Another theory comes from a declassified MI5 file about a man named Josef Jacobs, who was the last man to be put to death in the Tower of London on August 15, 1941. He was a German military intelligence agent who allegedly parachuted into Cambridgeshire in 1941, but broke his ankle when landing. Unable to make his escape, he was swiftly arrested by the Home Guard and, when searched, was found to have a photo of a woman who he claimed was his lover, Clara Barlet, a German cabaret singer and actress who was, according to Josef, being trained as a spy and, had he made contact, would be sent to England to come after him. Though there was no evidence that Clara ever made that parachute into England and most witnesses placed her at six foot tall instead of Bella's five feet, 
Some believe that she may be the unidentified skeleton who found herself stuck inside of the elm. However, in September of 2016, it was found that Clara Bauerlet had died in Berlin on December 16, 1942, though some believe this may be a cover-up. The last theory is one that differs from all of the other ones, one that does not involve the German, the war, or any espionage. Instead, it involves the long-feared idea of witchcraft. In 1945, an anthropologist and archaeologist from the University College London, Margaret Murray, proposed the idea that, due in large part to the discovery of the severed hand, Bella may have been a victim of an occult ritual. In her expert opinion, Bella may have been involved in an ancient ceremony known as the Hand of Glory, and that the choice of tree, a witch elm, was significant to some practices. While all of the theories hold merit, none have been proven, a fact that, given the advances in science and technology, may change in the near future. Caroline Wilkinson, the same expert tasked with rebuilding Richard III's face after his remains were found under a parking lot, was approached by father and son authors Alex and Pete Merrill in 2017 and asked if she would recreate the face of Bella and finally put a face to her infamous name. Unfortunately, she is working with a bit of a disadvantage. That skull that the boys found all those years ago has somehow gone missing and remains missing despite several searches done over the years. Therefore, she and her colleagues are working with only photographs to base their findings on. The Merrills, upon receiving the image, used the reconstruction as part of their examination of the crime and published it in their book. Between scientists, authors, police, and graffiti that appears to this day, the story of Bella and the Witch Elm lives on in infamy, as does the tragedy she suffered in her last hours of life. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 19th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.